0: Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast. A podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome, Anastasia, to the Military Life podcast. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. You and your partner have been together for four years. Can you tell me how you guys met and how you got together?
1: Four years ago, we uh, initially met on Tinder. And this was in Melbourne when he was completing his IATs. I was still at uni at that time we kind of went on a few dates and really hit it off and we you know loved spending time with each other but unfortunately 2 months into that he had to post out for his first official posting and that was up to Brisbane and I still had to finish off uni for another year so you know being in a fresh relationship we decided to give long distance a crack so we had to do that for a year until i finally finished uni and uh, made the move up to Brisbane and Um, and we've been living in Brisbane ever since.
0: That's a huge commitment because obviously only knowing each other for a couple of months before he moved so far away like it's a big commitment to each other to give it a go long distance after such a short period.
1: Yeah absolutely and I guess you know I think whatever I tell people they say the same thing they're like wow you know you've only known each other for two months and you're going to commit to long distance but I guess It just kind of comes back to that cheesy when you know, you know, kind of thing. We both knew we really loved spending time with each other and we wanted to continue exploring, you know, where we could go down, I guess, in terms of our future together. And so there was nothing stopping us from giving it a red hot crack. And the way that we managed it was kind of making sure that we were always seeing each other on a semi-regular basis. And we were always kind of looking forward to the next time that we saw each other.
0: Obviously... When you met him, he was already in defence. So did that come into play when you were deciding whether to, obviously you said when you know, you know, but did you put any extra thought into it in regard to him being in the defence force and what that might mean for a relationship and future?
1: I didn't have a lot of exposure to defence prior to meeting Brody. Um, And I actually don't think I really knew what I was getting into. So I guess Brody was really upfront with me all the time. And he said, look, with my career, there are times I'm going to have to go away for weeks or even months. And he told me, you know, deployments are a very real thing. And there are times where I could be going away for six months at a time. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I get it, I get it. And we'll work through it, essentially, kind of. That was my mentality. I didn't really realise just... I guess how difficult some of the times would be, especially after I had decided to move. But in terms of, I guess, making that decision, I don't think it really came into play. I didn't realise just how big of a commitment that would be because when we were doing long distance, there wasn't really a lot of that kind of, oh, I can't see you because I have an exercise or training. We kind of worked around that but I only felt, I guess, the big commitment to defence life after I did the big move to be with him in Brisbane.
0: Yeah, once you've made that big commitment and you guys are both in it 100%.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: How long had you been doing the long distancing before you decided to move to Brisbane and how did you go about doing that? Did it mean quitting a job? Were you still doing uni? What was your situation when that happened?
1: We did long distance for probably around 11 months. I finished up all my examinable units at university, which meant, you know, anything that I had to be physically at uni for. I did have another two units outstanding and I was able to do them remotely as an internship. So I was pretty lucky in the fact that once I moved in November of 2016, I already had a paid internship lined up for the summer which I was going to, you know, pretty much move into straight away and work over the two months of summer. And then after that, I moved into an unpaid internship to finish off my two university units. So Obviously, I had some part-time jobs and some casual jobs as I was working through university, but I had to leave those and that was fine. And I was looking forward to, I guess, the next chapter and kind of working full-time at my summer internship. So I was pretty lucky that I was able to find that internship and land it. And also they paid for my relocation. So that was really, really
0: helpful. as well. Wow. That is a great situation to find yourself in. It doesn't obviously happen like that for a lot of spouses where no, you've yeah, got was, that added bonus of going to something that's already lined up and they're paying for you to move
1: <laughs> yeah I was pretty pretty fortunate I guess what they were adamant about was like oh we're not going to pay for you to move back and I'm like that's okay I'm yeah. staying in Brisbane. <laughs>
0: despite the fact that you've got an internship and the move paid for and that side of things to look forward to it's still a big decision to make to move so far away for someone and leave family behind and obviously organize uni and juggle everything around what made you decide after the 11 months to do it then and how big of a decision was it for you to go ahead and, and move up there
1: It was a big decision but for me personally I was really ready to make it. Um, I felt like I was ready for a new adventure and ever since through high school and growing up I kind of always felt pulled towards Queensland for some reason. I always had this kind of inkling that I'd always land in Queensland and I was just ready for the next adventure. I kind of, it was a little bit scary having to move away from family and friends and I know I could see my the way that my family reacted when I actually moved on that move day I, I hadn't seen my dad cry that way before and it was just you know I guess it kind of hit home for me and I was like oh I felt bad but at the same time I was super excited and super ready for the challenge and you know I haven't looked back since then I've, I've grown so much as a person and just moved into being a proper adult You know, it's not really the same when you're living under your parents' roof. And as a result, I also think my relationship with my parents improved a lot. So in every way, I feel like a move to Brisbane was, was great. It's just hard because you're quite a long way away. I mean, by the time that you either come up to visit or you go down to visit family, you've spent pretty much the better part of a whole day travelling. Um, and I think that's, that was the really hard part, trying to adjust to that. You can't just kind of get in the car and drive for three hours and you know spend the weekend there and drive back. Like you really got to plan it out and annual leave becomes a thing and you're just kind of having to, you know, if I spend enough annual leave. Leave here, will I have enough for Christmas? Will I have enough for this? And trying to plan your whole life around, around that as well.
0: And yeah. so, once you moved up there, obviously you mentioned when you met your partner, he was doing IETs. What is his job, and does it take him away a lot? Like, once you moved up there, was he home for a bit, or what was the situation? So,
1: when I moved up, he was still pretty stable in terms of his. I guess, movements in in the RAF. And I think up until about probably August, that's when things started to get a bit more fluid. He found out that he was going to be going on a deployment and that was probably around that May or June of 2016. So, I'd only been living in Queensland for, I'd be like six months. And, you know, lo and behold, you're going to be late for six months kind of thing. And that was really kind of hit home for me. I was like, wow, like this is going to be the real thing. You know, I'm really going to be in a state by myself and fending for myself. And I honestly had no idea what to expect to be honest. Yeah. I was just kind of, you know, mentally trying to get ready for it. And in, uh, now that I look back on it in every way, I was still a kid. I was 20, 20, or 21 when I moved out of home and living five or six months in the new state, I still really hadn't found, you know, my footing at all. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I was kind of, I'd freshly landed a, a new job just before Brody deployed. And it was still very, I guess, not set in stone in terms of how i wanted my life to be so that was i guess the real thing and i didn't really have any time to warm up to that either. He didn't really go on any exercises or training before that. It was just kind of like lo and behold, boom, six months, here you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: So up until then had you kind of had like a little bit of false sense of security because you'd moved up there and he'd just, I guess, been doing the nine to five thing and it kind I of guess. felt like everything was kind of normal. Like, oh this isn't so bad. And then bam <laughs> deployment. In a sense, yes. I did probably did feel like that a little bit. Like obviously
1: Brody was open with me from the get-go you know he was telling me this is what you can expect from my career I do go away a lot there can be times where I will be going away more than just a lot as well and but yeah honestly I was probably a little bit falsely secured in, yeah. in the fact that he didn't really go away a lot prior to the deployment and it was really just kind of yeah that whole oh, I think for him it was like seven thirty to 4 30 but it just seemed like Normal life. <laughs> Up
0: I mean, until then. <laughs> yeah. I guess they can sort of explain to you what the job will entail and what the lifestyle will entail for future years to come. But until you actually start experiencing the different aspects of defense life, spouse life, you really don't know what it's like until you actually are in the thick of it.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely not. I think it's definitely one of the things you have to experience to understand
0: so as a result because you had just kind of been living normal Monday to Friday life had you been sort of pushed to make like a support network of other defense spouses or connect in any way within the defense community before he went on deployment
1: because he was doing I guess the nine to five and it was really easy I wasn't pushed to kind of you know build a network Or even just having other defense spouses. I think I knew one other girl, and that was Brody's colleague's fiance at the time. And we kind of, you know, got along and got introduced to each other. But honestly, I didn't see her very often. And she was just someone that I knew was there. And in the end, we ended up finding another place, which was probably half an hour from where she lived. And so we didn't really keep in touch all that often. And I just never really found that I had to build a network. But now I find that it's really important to have that support network behind you. And even if they're not physically people you see, it's just people that you get to know online and they're experiencing the same things as you. I think it's really important to have that because on the first deployment, I didn't have that. And I was just kind of felt like I was a boy in the ocean, just kind of just bopping around sailing and just didn't really know what I was doing. And I didn't have anyone to talk to and friends and family. They'd be supportive, but they wouldn't really understand. And yeah. it all came back to, well, you chose this life and you chose this. And it's like, well, understand, but it's, it's not that easy. Yes, I chose it, but it's, it's really hard. And it was just hard for, I guess, my civilian friends and family to, to empathise with me on that one.
0: So how did you get through the deployment? Did you focus on work? What was your plan of attack going into it and getting through it? Honestly, I didn't go in with a plan of attack <laughs> and I
1: think that was kind of a, not really a smart thing. I was just going to play it by ear and see where it went. And like I, like you said, yeah, I did start a new job and it was just kind of getting used to that and getting in the stride of things. So that distracted me to a certain point. It was pretty far away from home as well. So the commute that I was doing was, was pretty lengthy and that was probably taking two hours, if not more, out of the whole day altogether. So I was coming home and I was tired and honestly, I got into a routine. It was kind of wake up, go to work come home, eat dinner, watch some TV and go to bed. And it just became really monotonous. I was really struggling in that first deployment. I didn't really have a lot of friends or I didn't have a support network. And I'd be honest to say that I was just not happy. I was really, really even resentful. To a certain yeah. to a certain stage. I was just didn't know what was what I was doing. Now mm. that I look back on it, it was just kind of I was existing, I wasn't living. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> now that I think about it. That's um, the key. Yeah. But, you just feel like you do get into a pattern of, what am I doing? Like is this worth it? Like I'm just counting down every second until they yeah. get home and like not enjoying life in the meantime. Like how can I make this better for myself? But you kind of get into a like a whole of the routine and not knowing how to or having the energy to kind of get out of that hole and figure out how to make it better yeah no exactly and I think it's really hard
1: for the girls at work as well because I would come in and I it was obvious that I wasn't happy or they'd ask me if I was okay and I just burst out in tears it's like really embarrassing now that I look back on it but you know it was just kind of I guess, you know, it, like it comes back to the fact that civilians find it difficult to understand that and even though my manager was trying to be as accommodating as they as she could and the girls at work were also really, really nice and, you know, they'd, they'd get me flowers or anything like that, it was just kind of, for me, work is work and personal life is personal life and I didn't mm. really feel like I wanted to spend my weekends with people I'd see five days a week anyway and I was still building my network in Brisbane so I didn't really have a lot of friends to hang out with. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty miserable. (laughs) And so did you,
0: did you communicate that with your partner or did you keep that bottled up? Like, how did you get through that? Because obviously you can only tell your friends and family so much, but sometimes you just need to like vent the person that yeah is involved in the the situation that's causing <laughs> you so much grief so
1: yeah of course um yeah I try to keep the line of communication open but I guess it gets to a certain stage where you're saying the same thing over and over again and they're over there and you're over here and they can't help you you know we we did say that we wanted to be honest with each other and we wanted to make sure that you know if any one of us was kind of feeling you know the situation was getting a bit much fee the us that we should speak up but it gets to a certain point where I, I felt like the more I speak the more I was wearing him down as well mm-hmm. um so I got to a state where I was conscious to to try and not vocalize how upset I was that he was away and how how sad I was and, and all that so I just Try to bottle it up, but I guess if you'd ask him, he'd probably think that I was just probably in his ear <laughs> every yeah. time we would we were talking. And I guess as a result, it just kind of fostered unhealthy miscommunications between the two of us as mm-hmm. well. I mean, because every time we talk, it wasn't always positive. And I'd say like probably seventy percent or eighty percent was just I'm sad, and he's like, well, what can I do? you know, I can't, I can't do anything. Nothing.
0: Come home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Come home. (laughs) So how did you get through that experience and then not have that be something negative that stayed with you, I guess, for going into future years Mm. of the relationship and then obviously future deployments? How did you turn that, I guess, mindset around from having not a great experience for the first deployment and Mm. not taking that with you? Hey, Military wife life community. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defense Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defense community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defense Community Dogs Program, a specialized dog training program, which rescues abandoned dogs dogs and trains them through correctional services. Forty service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. I'll tell you that I took
1: that with me for probably a few years and only up until recently, just before this deployment, did I finally kind of turn around my mindset. And, like, if you think about that, that's that's the better part of nearly, what, three and a half years. Um, mm. Every time he'd go away, it would suck. I mean, towards more recent times, it started getting better. I was starting to, I guess feel a little bit more comfortable but I guess the main thing for me was nights were really hard and sleeping was really hard and that was you know when, when I don't get enough sleep it impacts my daily life as well yeah it's a vicious um, it's
0: cycle just... no sleep then absolutely. you can't be bothered exercising you can't be bothered doing other things eating right goes out the window looking after yourself goes out the window and then it's all a big jumbled mess
1: yeah no absolutely and that's that's kind of what it was every time he went away I'd I'd get sad and I wouldn't sleep well and and it was just it was really bad but it, I guess how I turned it around was just kind of like you know with this deployment coming up we finally started to I guess make strides in our relationship to move forward with it we bought the house and then it was just kind of like now what's the next steps you know I got to coordinate the move and and all that even though he deployed one month before we moved in and I guess that kind of started keeping me busy and then I kind of thought well, I need I need to actually be busy. And that that's the main thing. How, how you're going to be able to get through it is to, bad as it sounds, just not think about the fact that you're in the situation. You just kind of got to pack your days full, having a weekend off here and there, but to the point where you appreciate those weekends off, not where your weekends off are the norm and then you have an occasional thing to go to kind of. And I think that's what I did in the first deployment that didn't really work out for me. With this one, it's kind of just always busy, have something to look forward to. You know, I joined a social badminton club this time around as well. And yeah, it's just been really good. I mean, I think I've just been really, you know, really in a healthy mind frame um, and just being able to look forward to him coming home in a much more healthier mindset. Um, Yeah.
0: Counting down, like, what can I get done before he gets back or what, do I want to achieve before he gets back as opposed to how many days is it until he gets back?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Like I think it's just really important to get some hobbies under your belt or try that thing you've, you know, had never had time to try or been too scared to try. And I think the main thing is, you know, when you're all by yourself and it's, it's just you, then you're just accountable for yourself. You can do the things that you want
0: to do and, and try the things that you want to try and, you know, there's nothing really holding you back. And I guess because you went through that first deployment and it wasn't a great experience and now you're going through another deployment and it's a better experience, you know, which one you want to push forward and, and have in the future you you don't want to go back to that time where you didn't have a great experience you want to keep going forward and implement more methods or implement more strategies to to keep that experience a positive one so you don't get resentful and you don't get depressed before it's even happened
1: yeah absolutely that's that's a huge one that whole resentment and depression thing i think i was worried going into this deployment i did have my doubts and i thought oh god another another six months another you know six months of just kind of plodding along doing the same thing over and over again it's going to be terrible and I remember when when Brody got the news that he was meant to deploy he was at the time on a two-month training course and I'm like you're not even home yet you're really telling me that you're going on another six-month deployment and I just absolutely broke down and I was talking to my mom and my friends and they were kind of like oh well can you move back down to Melbourne for those six months? And I was like, oh, what am uh, I going to do with our dog? What are we going to do with, we hadn't bought the house at that time, but I was like, what am I going to do with my job? And and it was just, I was kind of even thinking about that, you know, possibly moving back to Melbourne temporarily, but you know, after we ended up buying the house, it wasn't fully planned. I mean, we were thinking that we wanted to eventually buy a house and, you know, like, like all good, good things, I guess it comes unplanned. And, um, you know, we just found a house that we loved and just put an offer down and ended up settling one month into his deployment. And that just, after that, everything has been a whirlwind. I've just been so busy with the house and, you know, tidying it up and trying to yeah. make it a, make it a home, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean even if you ended up moving back for 6 months, I mean nothing wrong with doing that if that's what's best for your mental health and and for you. But if you aside from doing that, like even going back and visiting like you mentioned, you've got to have the leave mm. to to do that like you obviously you mentioned it takes pretty much a day worth of travel so when you're going back to visit and spend time with family and friends you want to do it for at least a couple of days and so then you're Mm. chewing into your leaves and then you want to save your leave because you want to be able to have time with your partner when they get back from deployment so you're like you're torn in every way you you feel like you're stuck kind of thing so you've got to make for yourself and for your own mental health and your own physical well-being you need to put some things in place in your location that are going to make that experience better for for you because you can't always just go home you can't always just you know pick up and move like it's not always going to work that way
1: no definitely not and that's one thing that i guess kind of um, really i guess clicked with me this time around I was just thinking about my mental health and i knew that i didn't want to go back to how I was in that first deployment, I was just looking back and I was like, that was so unhealthy. And that's why I guess I was considering moving back to Melbourne. You know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, upset and depressed and just emotional uh, all the time. But yeah. I was just, you know, I, I found the Young Defence Partners group on Facebook and then I started listening to your podcast not a plug literally I was uh, <laughs> listening to your podcast and I was kind of like wow you know all the people are, are going through the same thing as me and like it's, it's okay to feel the way that I feel and it just kind of gave me I guess the push to be like you know what I've got this you know I've got it we'll give yeah. it another go another six months we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes and like I said we're probably three and a half months through it now and I'm doing really well and I feel really proud of myself. Yeah. And,
0: and those types of support networks, the Facebook pages, even the face-to-face meetups and, and the podcast, they give you permission to feel what you're feeling and it allows you to see that your feelings are valid, that it's not just in your head, that you're not like, Oh, I'm just whinging. Everyone else copes with this better. This is just, I should suck it up. I'm, I'm not a proper spouse because I can't deal with this. And this is only the first couple of years. Like how am I going to keep doing this? Like Mm. everyone goes through it. Like it doesn't matter if you've been doing it two years, 10 years, 20 years. Like everyone goes through those feelings and you're always learning new things about spouse life and defence life along Mm. the way. Like it's no one has that, no one has the golden ticket. No one has that magical manual that doesn't exist. Like we're all just fumbling our way through it.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's one thing I didn't really realise. I just thought that... And I guess how other people came across to me that I'd met, everyone just seemed to have their life so together. And I was like, why is everyone not as upset as me when when their partners are going away and all that kind of stuff? But I guess after finding those groups and seeing the discussions and participating in those discussions, I realized that, you know, we're all doing and feeling the same things and it's okay. It really, I guess, normalized it for me because for me beforehand there was just this stigma that you know you're going to be this perfect partner that you you know you're gonna be happy and hold down the home front and soldier on at home and and not support show them and and, and be yeah. yeah yeah and that was that was I guess kind of the stigma that that I felt I had to uphold but then after coming across the pages and the and the online discussions I just you know. I'll, that, that stigma slowly melted away and i was mm. like it's okay to not be perfect i guess you know yeah so that was that was really helpful
0: so what does the near future hold for your partner's defense career like will you get posted somewhere else soon um obviously he's coming back for Rockall soon um, and that will be your focus but what is the near future the next couple of years going to hold for his his job
1: we received our posting order and luckily we've got another three years and Brisbane so we don't need to move which I'm very very happy about but he will be moving into a different unit so he's kind of sidestepping at the same base the new role that he's moving into seems like it'll be a bit more stable so he won't be deployed fingers crossed and if he does go away on exercises or training it won't be as often as in his current unit so I might not even know what to do with myself honestly he'll be home for three years and, <laughs> and uh, in my, you know, we both joke that, you know, maybe I'll get sick of him. <laughs> but, no, I don't think that would ever happen. But so I think, you know, next three years, fingers crossed, are looking to be pretty stable for us and, you know, feeling quite fortunate and quite lucky that you know, we've been given that kind of posting so we can really put down some roots, I guess. Um, it's yeah. been hard to do that with Brody being away. I think in the last 12 months he's only been home for maybe four months
0: yeah, as much as you can get your routines down pat and and your life sorted, you do kind of feel like you can't sort of establish yourself without the other person on your team home.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And now that we're in the new home and he hasn't even had one night in the new home, it's kind of like, well, I feel like a seasoned expert in this house and he'll kind of, you know, come home yeah. and be getting used to it and still learn learn the house in his own way. And I'm just kind of like, ah. Oh. I know that this is happening here and this light's not working and this is
0: leaking and all that. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not such a bad thing because you could put everything where you wanted it. And so how do you envision life and work and career working alongside Defence for you? Like what is your field of work and how do you Mm -hmm. envision that working if you have to post to different states? Mm
1: -hmm. So I'm a marketing coordinator at the moment and I've had a couple of jobs since moving to Brisbane. The first job I left because I was unhappy with the – work environment second job which is where I am now I'm loving it but I was headhunted for another job and it's a step up in terms of the role so I've been headhunted for a marketing manager position at a local shopping center Um, the shopping center is probably not even two k's away from home so really really lucky to have landed that position and you know moving up in terms of my career so I've been pretty fortunate that I've been able to move through to a role a management role quite quickly in my career but when i got head headhunted it was the right step in every way because you know shopping centers are everywhere and whilst you're not guaranteed a vacancy you know, if we move to a bit more of a remote location, you may not be guaranteed a vacancy in terms of being a marketing manager for a shopping center. At least you have that experience down pat. And so I guess the main thing was when I, before I took this job, I was kind of thinking, which one is going to really future proof my career? Because it is one thing that I've always been conscious of the fact that if we had to move every three years, then how can I progress in my career? And I didn't, I knew that I didn't always want to be a coordinator. I wanted to eventually lend to a management role. And I was concerned as to how I was going to be able to get to that if I was moving every three or four years. So getting this position just felt right. It felt right that should we move in another three years, I'll have experience under my belt that could be relevant for any location we really post into.
0: And so what have been some of the things you've done mental health wise to help you? Because you mentioned that obviously the first deployment and that experience wasn't great for your mental health. Like Mm -hmm. what did you do going forward to be able to change your mindset and look after your mental health?
1: I really just try to make a note of getting into a healthy routine. So making sure that you're you know incorporating exercise cuz it's just incredible what you know a 30 minute walk every day can do for you you know i make sure that i come home and i do a 30 minute walk i make sure that i'm practicing gratitude as well i think that's really important and and how i kind of do that it's either mentalizing it in my head or even writing it down via a journal being like three things you're grateful for three things you learned today three things you'll do tomorrow, you know, something as simple as that. And just making sure that you're really kind of putting it all down into physical concepts that you're, that you can see and being like, well, I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, the weather today. I'm grateful that there wasn't any drama at work or something like that. And just being able to say, well, hey, there are good days and you're allowed to feel good whilst they're being away you know what I mean? And I think that was one thing that I kind of struggled with initially being kind of like, oh, like, okay, I'm I'm doing, I'm doing okay without them. Is it okay to be happy and be in a healthy mindset when they're away? It was just yeah. kind of like, yes, I miss them. And I, and I obviously I would rather him be home, but like, it was just really foreign to me when, whilst, when I felt that I was, you know, in a, in a good mindset, I was kind of like, hmm, this is, this is different kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, eat, eating healthy, exercise and practicing gratitude really, I guess, the three, three big things that were and do still promote a healthy mindset for me. And also, I guess, really open communication and positive communication, because I think with deployments and when, and when they're away, it's really easy for communication to break down and things can just go a little bit misunderstood. Um, because there's I guess emotion from both sides, emotion from, from their end and emotion from your end and, and it can turn into a bit of a tiff and I mm. think it's really important to make sure that if you're not seeing them for extended periods of time that your communications are positive because that way you're not kind of ending the the conversation on a bad note which kind of just continues to linger until the next time you talk. Yeah um, and men it's hard so to do always, silent yeah. treatment
0: when they're when you're text messaging or emailing because sometimes I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and so you end up to, uh, you that, end yeah. up being the one at home really angry with them but they don't even know that you're angry because you're giving them the silent treatment from yeah you know, thousands of k's away <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah why not yeah. just have a better experience by you know just getting your feelings out there Obviously accepting the situation for what it is, obviously you can't have like, you can't solve the problem in the fact that they can just drop everything and come home and make it better. But what can you do to make it a little bit better and not be angry at each other from afar and then not Mm. having a great time back home sitting, you know, on your lounge, watching Netflix and feeling sorry for yourself. So, so far, what have you learned about Defence Life?
1: I've learned that it really tests your character. It really makes you grow, helps you develop a thick skin, but it's also, I guess, one of the best and most exciting, I guess, decisions that I've ever made in my life. Um, I look back on, you know, moving out of my parents' home at, at 20 and where I am now at you know, nearly 25 and it's just the growth that I can see in myself is amazing. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really someone that I can be proud of. And I guess even though we've had the hard times and things have, haven't always been perfect, it's kind of looking back on them and seeing how they've shaped you and molded you. And even though in the grand scheme of things, I've only been a defense partner for, for four years and so there's, there's still many, many, many to come. I guess it's just kind of exciting to see what the, what the future holds and, and how defence could be, you know, I guess the, the uncertainties that, that come with it as well. I mean, yeah, which, you can never you can never really know,
0: right? <laughs> which yeah, make which gives it that exciting element. Some you know, obviously that gives you a little bit of anxiety about that as well. But it also then on the other flip side is also an exciting element, as in you just never know where you might end up. You you never know who mm. you might meet and what experiences you might have um, because of defence life. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Anastasia, and good luck for your reunion visit. How exciting! Thank you. I'm very excited. There's only uh, nine days left,
1: so very, very keen.
0: I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this.